For years, we've derided Arsenal as being flaky, inconsistent, hard to predict. But at home in the Premier League these days, they've become a ruthless machine, able to sweep aside weaker teams like a Game of Thrones dragon torching some peasants. And they've also got some fire left for the big hitters. The big question, can that dragon go on to snatch the biggest prize of all? I'm Kevin Hatchard, and this is Football Only Better. No paupers or peasants in my tipping team today. Let's start with Marco Hare, who I'm sure was positively glued to the House of the Dragon finale. Uh, Mark, Arsenal have made a habit of duffing up the smaller teams at the Emirates. They've got Nottingham Forest this Sunday. Looks grim for the visitors, does it not? Yeah, it's hard not to see Arsenal uh, doing some damage here. As you say, this tends to be where they do their best work at home to a bottom half side when odds on favourites. Um, it's a drum I've been banging for a long time now. The numbers are overwhelming, um, whichever sample you want to look at. So here's just a few, but since 2017-18, uh, that's a period where Arsenal haven't finished in the top four. They've returned 39 wins from 52 at home to bottom half teams. That's a 75% success rate. A different sample, they've got 50 wins from 64, win odds on favourites at home in the Premier League during that same period. That's a 78% success rate. It improves to 31 wins, three draws and just one defeat. That's 89% win rate when priced up at 1.5 or shorter at home. So all very, very convincing. They're unbeaten in 34 home games against promoted sides since 2010. They've won 29 of those. So it's very, very sort of convincing to be pro-Arsenal here. Um, no surprise to see them chalked up as, as very short um, priced favourites for this match. They had a very impressive start, dropped points just twice. I know last week uh, their sort of clinical edge escaped them away at St Mary's against Southampton. But ultimately, for the most part, they've been pretty consistent. And I think the biggest test will come in coming weeks when the physical and mental excursions of playing in Europe alongside, you know, trying to challenge for top honours in the Premier League will be revealed. We know the squad isn't as strong as their big six rivals, but the first 11 is. And at the moment, they've coped pretty well without large-scale injuries. But um, yeah, I don't think they're going to sort of run away with this though against Forest. I think there has been signs or big signs of improvement from Forest in recent weeks. Um we suspected there might be Steve Cooper's too good a coach to allow them to sort of descend into a, a rabble, really. And, and sort of, uh, he's been trying to figure out his best 11, the best tactical system. I think the win against Liverpool was, was justified and deserved. They gave nothing away from open play. Liverpool's only threats came from set pieces. That is a concern. Arsenal, that is an area where they have done some damage to teams this season. But uh, in open play, I thought they were resolute. They were organised. They defended in deep blocks. They minimised that space um, in behind and in front. And just plenty of engines really in that midfield. They fielded three defensively minded players and a back four and it worked to treat really. So the issue is actually in front of goal right now for Forest. I think creativity wise, they haven't been quite as fluent as we probably come to expect with the players at their disposal. Um, but defensively, they've conceded just twice in the last four, a wonder goal from Ashley Young and a penalty. And if you look at the XG, there has been decent improvements in, in Forest's game so far. So I was quite tempted, actually, by Forest plus two and a quarter on the Asian handicap coming into this game. I do think they can keep the score down and be quite competitive. But ultimately, the bigger price was available on, for on, on Arsenal to win and under three and a half goals at 2.25. Um, 
As I said, I'd be surprised if this match features four goals or more. Arsenal involved in European action again on Thursday. Um, this is a period, I think, in the season when teams such as Arsenal will just be keen to get the points and move on. And I think Forrest, as I say, will be capable of, of kind of keeping the score down, being competitive. But ultimately, there is a, a quality gap between the two teams. Lord Stinchcombe of Betfair will sit atop an iron throne made of calculators, trader and tipster. Mark Stinchcombe with us once again. As Mark says, um, Arsenal weren't ruthless enough uh, against Southampton. Are you surprised, though, just by the level of consistency that they've found so far? A little bit, but I, I think we've touched on it before. I think the bottom half of the Premier League is, has been quite weak this season. Um, I don't think the the quality is, is that high. I mean, we look at Wolves struggling <clears throat> to win football matches, um, Leeds as well. Um, and the fact, you know, Bournemouth are outside the relegation zone when pretty much it was a question of not whether they'll get relegated, whether they'll finish bottom, I think just really shows the the poor quality of it. And also, I think we've been all probably been surprised at Forest's start, albeit we know they had a high turnover of players, so it takes things things take time to gel, but it seems to have taken longer to, to gel, essentially. Although very positive that they are seemingly sticking with, with Steve Cooper, and I think we're all quite uh like him as a as a manager and a, and a coach so this this might be the finally this might be kind of the beginning of forest season i mean very positive to pick up a point away at brighton then obviously beat beat liverpool um so i think confidence is is got to be high for them right now but ultimately obviously this is against uh, as you say against a very consistent um ruthless arsenal <clears throat> who are obviously top and that have no, no surprise they're one to six against the team that are bottom of the league that have shipped 23 goals in, in 12 games so essentially how do we make this one to six pay and I'm going to kind of take a chance a little bit and back Arsenal to win and both teams to score at 17 to 10 which I think is a is a hefty increase um, especially when you consider the fact that Forest are odds on to score at 10 to 11 so <clears throat> I think if Forest score <coughs> excuse me I think if Forest score Arsenal do have the ability and tools to, to outscore them. So again, you look at that 10 to 11 jumping to, to 17 to 10. You know, Arsenal have won 14 of the last 18 games, including their last, uh, their last eight home matches. They scored 24 goals in, in that time as well. So, you know, averaging three a game in that sample. Uh, I will touch on the schedule again. I think it is quite important this season. It is relentless with teams in Europe, especially those in Europa League. As, as generally for Europa League teams, you're only going to get three days turnaround compared to Champions League, where it could be four, maybe five, if you play Tuesday, Sunday or Tuesday, Saturday. It's going to be Arsenal's ninth game this month, and, and that's surely tiring both both physically and mentally. Now, I know they will rot they have been rotating in Europe, but you know they're still probably taking players on the bench that would start Premier League games, you know, just in case. So, you know, that all that all has a, as an impact. You know, PSV uh, away from home is, is, is not going to be easy. I know the group's pretty much sewn up for them. Um, but they're, you know, they're even just the staff and things like that, you know, it all, it all come, it all, it all has, it all takes its toll eventually. But Forrest had a full week to prepare for this, and as I say, I think confidence must be high after beating Liverpool. And ultimately, Arsenal have kept just four clean sheets in the last 18 games. So I think there will be opportunities at some point for Forrest, and and this bet has actually won in Arsenal's last eight games. Arsenal to win and both teams to score. So I think yeah, being able to essentially back Arsenal at one to six, making that 17 to 10, and I think ultimately just asking the question: Can Forrest find the back of the net? 
Our data dragon is in for goals, Jake Osgathorpe. Jake, do you give Forrest hope of scoring here? Uh, not particularly. No. Um, <laughs> they, okay. I, I just I don't think they're creating enough chances. Uh, we've seen, uh, obviously, Steve Cooper's done it on purpose. They've reverted to a more defensive uh, approach as he tries to get players settled and tries to become more difficult to beat. Um, but other than against Liverpool, which is a team that everyone's creating chances against at the moment. I mean, Liverpool have conceded over two expected goals in four of the last five Premier League matches, which is just ridiculous for a team of Liverpool's stature. So literally anyone who's playing Liverpool right now will fancy the chances of scoring at least once. Um, but yeah, apart from that game, they've really struggled to carve out opportunities. Um, you know, they were toothless at Brighton. Away at Leicester, they were really, really poor. Um, at home to Villa, just 0.3 expected goals. So yeah, I'm I'm not... I'm not high on Forest's chances of, of going to the Emirates and actually scoring. But again, yeah, Arsenal, one of the teams I mentioned on the Saturday pod, that I, if the price is right, I, I, would, I would definitely back them at home. The price is definitely not right in this game. They're, they're, they're too short, I think. So, bulking the odds a little bit, um, I definitely would be, would be sided with Mark in terms of the Arsenal win and, and maybe the unders on the goal line, just purely because of Forest's more defensive approach and um, and Arsenal's, in my opinion, the likelihood of Forest scoring and, and maybe increasing the goal line there would, is very low. So I see a 2-0 comfortable Arsenal win, something like that. What a brutal use of not particularly that was. I very much enjoyed that. Uh, this football season, get a helping hand with Betfair's popular bet builder. Easily add our most popular or fan favourite football selections to your bet slip in just one tap. T's and C's in the description, 18 plus. See gambleaware.org. Manchester United showed fighting spirit aplenty as they managed to Grind out a one-all draw at Chelsea last weekend as Casemiro soared and then roared. Jake, what's the data telling you about where Eric Ten Hag's team is right now? And do West Ham have a chance of upsetting them this weekend? They do have a chance, yeah. Um, I, I think the, the United data is promising. They are trending in a, in a positive direction. Ever since they got slapped in that derby, they've been really, really solid defensively, uh, which is something that we have to give credit to, to Ten Hag for. And, and I guess it was the Derby, the six, conceding six. I think we all expected Casemiro to play in the Derby or start in the Derby. He didn't. He went with McTominay. Uh, and ever since Casemiro has played and they've looked like a much better team, just just from every standpoint, progressing the ball, um, organisation, defensive underlying numbers. Um, since since Casemiro's come into the team, they've played four Premier League matches. They're yet to concede over one non-penalty expected goal in any of those games. So they've definitely tightened up defensively. Uh, and we've, we've, you know, you're seeing that with a couple of clean sheets in there, just the penalty against Chelsea. Uh, but on the flip side, the, the attacking numbers, is, they still leave a lot to, uh, to be desired. Um, not only the, the fact that they're creating or generating few expected goals, but they're actually coming, the expected goals are coming from a ridiculous number of shots. So they're very shot happy at the moment, are Manchester United. So, you know, the last... Is that just uh, Anthony? <laughs> it could be Anthony uh, on his own. Rashford likes a pop as well, doesn't he? Um, but, you know, the, the, as a team, they've, they've taken 68 shots in the last four matches. They're averaging around 17 shots per game. Um, but the expected goal totals is just nowhere near what you'd, what you'd expect. So it's 5.3 expected goals across those last four Premier League matches and 68 shots. So they're averaging an, uh, an XG per shot of just 0.08. So that basically tells you that every opportunity that they, they create has, on average, an 8% chance of being converted, which is just 
nowhere near the, the level required to, to be a top four team. It just shows that they're not creating enough big chances. Um, and ultimately, you're relying on long range finishing and, and really clinical shooting to um, to make that kind of process work. And obviously, we've seen in the last couple of games, Casemiro's header, really low probability chances found the corner. That's uh, a great goal, isn't it? It's a great header, yeah. yeah. And there's a couple like Bruno Fernandes against Spurs was a great finish, but again, it's a very low probability chance. And, and that's just one area of improvement, really, for Manchester United is just to, to carve out more better chances on a consistent basis. Um, that's my only issue with them at the moment, as they're trending in, in a really good direction under Ten Hag. Um, and they face a really difficult opposition um, in West Ham this week, who I don't know what David Moyes said to them during the international break. But they've come out looking like a completely different team. They really something have. Angry, I imagine. I imagine something angry and Scottish. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he, he, they they went into the into the break looking very vulnerable defensively and really toothless in attack, which is something that we we've not seen from West Ham over the last couple of years. Generally, they're one of the better attacking teams in the league. Um, and since the break, they've really stepped on the gas and really found a rhythm. Um, you know, really deserved win over Wolves. Very controlled. Absolutely hammered Fulham over three and a half expected goals in that game. Unfortunate to draw with Southampton, generated over two expected goals at St Mary's, and really unfortunate to lose to Liverpool. I know there's a penalty miss in there, but generated over 2.6 expected goals at Anfield, including that penalty, and somehow didn't score. Um, you know, a mixture of bad finishing and goalkeeping, and then just just did, took care of business against Bournemouth on, on Monday night with a, again over two expected goals. So they they've actually stepped their game up by quite a considerable amount since the international break. They're generating a lot of good chances and defensively they are looking much tighter. Um, so I, I give them a good chance of getting a, a result at Old Trafford. Um, I think the you know United play on Thursday, so do West Ham. But the difference being that if United want to top the Europa League group, which at the moment they're second behind Real Sociedad, um, they, they've got to beat Sheriff on Thursday. I know it's at Old Trafford, but they have to beat Sheriff. If they don't beat Sheriff and Real Sociedad win, then United won't finish top of the group and then the... Uh, that you know, as a result of that, they have to play an extra two matches to qualify for the quarterfinals of the Europa League and potentially play a Champions League team who's dropped out, which could be any of Barcelona, it could be Atletico Madrid. So the you know the importance of qualifying top of the group in the Europa League is is probably higher than ever right now. Um, so United will have a lot of stock in that. Whereas West Ham, they're in the Conference League. It's the same, obviously, the same process in terms of finishing top. You skip around and go to the quarters. But they're pretty much sewn up that, that top spot already. They've won four out of four in the Conference League. So we might see David Moyes rest and rotate a few of his players ahead of this game. Um, I think they're, they're at home to Silkeborg. Might be away. Yeah. E- either way, I, I think that the West Ham will rest and rotate and still get, I think they need one point to secure top spot, in which case I think they'll do exactly that. So yeah, I, I, there's a couple of angles that I had in mind. One being, I think Stinge touched on it um, on the Saturday pod in the uh, in the Acker, um, I think, or in the treble, I, I think he was going with the under two and a half. That crossed my mind. That's something that I, I think, has got a really good chance of coming in. But I just thought if there's if there's few goals in the game, which I agree with, um, then the chances of West Ham getting a result increase in my mind because I, I can't see Manchester United winning by a two nil margin. I don't think they'll they'll win so comfortably. Um, so I just looked at the at the Asian handicap, and you're getting West Ham plus three quarters at two point zero three. Um, which means you get a you know full payout if West Ham avoid defeat, and you only get a half loss if they lose by one goal. So you're basically banking on West Ham not to um, lose by two or more goals, which would completely ruin ruin the bet. Um, and yeah, I think West Ham will go to Old Trafford and get a result. I really do. I think that they're playing in such a good good way at the moment. And, and United, um, 
you know, defensively strong, but struggling to carve out good opportunity in attack. I suspect David Moyes threatened during the international break to show the West Ham players the DVD of his season at Manchester United. Uh, worth bearing in mind, you can get a £5 free bet by staking a £5 bet builder on Manchester United against West Ham. T's and C's in the description, 18plusccampbellaware.org. Now, last weekend, we got a bet builder that paid out at 7.37. So well done to the guys for that. That was based on uh, the game between Chelsea and Manchester United. So let's put one together for this and we'll start with Mark. Yeah, I'm just going to take a, a rinse and repeat job really, which is Anthony to have a shot on target. It's occurred in all six of his starts for Man United, four of which have been against big six opposition. Uh, and as we've seen already this season, he's more than happy to have a dig from distance when required as well. So he's at least two shots in every match he's played for United since his move and landed a shot on target too. So the shot on target would be my preferred play. Um, you know, doesn't matter how it comes, as long as it hits the target, that will do for me. It'll come with his left foot, put it that way. It definitely won't come with his right. Uh, we had uh, Anthony to have a shot on target, Casemiro to have a shot on target, nothing under three and a half goals maybe or under two and a half uh, last week. Stinch, what have you got for us? Yeah, rinse and repeat for me as well. I'm going to go for under three and a half goals again, just to hopefully it's a safer bet than under 2.5 and, and we'll just boost up the, the overall odds a little bit. Uh, West Ham scored just 11 and 12. United scored just 16 and 11. And both of these two are a top five for expected goals uh, against conceded. So restricting the opposition. So I think it might be... Um, might be quite attritional at times uh, on Sunday after, again, these two teams playing in Europe. So hectic, hectic schedules. An attritional game involving David Moyes. I won't hear of it. And Jake, take us home. Um, I'm going to have to throw in West Ham on the draw uh, at big price and get, get us a little boost there. And for all the reasons I mentioned, I, I think that they could easily go to, to United and, um, and yeah, get a result. I don't think the gap between the two is as big as what the odds suggest. So I think that there's a bit of value inside of West Ham. Okay, so we've got West Ham draw double chance. We've got Anthony to have a shot on target. And we've got under three and a half goals. Let's head across to the Bundesliga. The leaders Union Berlin creaking just a touch after their defeat at struggling Bochum last week. They're only a point now ahead of Bayern in the title race. They've got Borussia Mönchengladbach stinch. Gladbach are a funny team. You never quite know what you're going to get with them. They're either amazing or absolute rubbish. Uh, what do we think to this one? Yeah, I've got uh, unpredictable written next yes. to Gladbach. <laughs> um, but yeah, got to give uh, Union tons and tons of praise. What an absolute yeah. magnificent season they're having. Top after 11 games. They've beaten both Dortmund and Leipzig. They've held Bayern. And all of this whilst juggling Europe. Um, in the in the Conference League, Urs Fischer is doing a, a magnificent job for for a side that once again at the beginning of the season were considered uh, in the relegation conversation because of their their schedule, because of their their smallest squad. How would they be able to cope? Um, however, having said all of that, there is some regression going to come or is happening as, as showcased by their defeat to, to bottom side Bochum last weekend. And the, the reason I say that is because they are overachieving. They're, they're 11th based on expected points. And, and that's as a result of being bottom for expected goals for um, overachieving by nearly nine goals. Um, 
and it's just it's not sustainable for for a squad of their size and and given the the schedule. So they're evens to beat Gladbach this weekend. I, I thought that might maybe was a little bit short, but not something I could maybe confidently oppose. Given as as we say, Gladbach are unpredictable. I mean, Gladbach themselves have beaten Leipzig and and held Bayern, but then they've suffered heavy defeats to to Bremen and Frankfurt and and failed to beat Schalke. So you just don't know what you're going to get with them. But I think undoubtedly their their shining light is is Marcus Taram, yeah. who is who is the joint top goal scorer in the Bundesliga. Um, he's having a fantastic season. He's operating as the the central striker in, in a four two three one, and he scored eight goals, but. Arguably more impressive is the amount of chances his teammates are creating for him. He's had the most shots in the league this season with 44, which is an average of four per game, with a ridiculously impressive 41 of those coming inside the area in good positions, which is highlighted by his expected goals of 8.12. So scoring the number of chances he's expected to score if he was considered an average player but I believe he is an above average player so I think he could have more goals so we talk about Union Berlin perhaps regressing I think we should also consider that Taram could get even better essentially in terms of his goal return Um, so given those metrics I thought 23 to 10 on him to score was just far too good to to turn down on uh, on Sunday. Now, if one was being cynical, one might say, all Marcus Turam's in the final year of his contract. wonder if that would explain why his performance level has improved. Uh, to France now, Laurent Blanc's Lyon uh, with an interesting game this weekend, Mark. They do. They're playing Inform Lille, um, who have been sort of rocketing up the, the league and table right now. Um, been fantastic fun to follow so far this season, particularly for, for goals-based backers like myself. Um yeah, they played out a thrilling 4-3 with Monaco last Sunday night in the primetime fixture. It means 10 of their 12 Ligue 1 games under Paolo Fonseca this season have featured three or more goals and 10 of 12 have seen both teams to score as well. Uh, they've scored in every game under Fonseca. Uh, they had a bit of, bit of a rough start, but uh, as I say, they're, they're finding form. They're inside the top four and expected points now. They've won four or five, including the win in the derby recently. Um, very good going forward defensively, a little bit disorganised, very calamitous and prone to individual mistakes. But Fonseca's teams are known to be sort of proactive, play with a handbrake off, and that's very much how this Lille team operates. Uh, they're going to a Lyon team who I think, um, obviously in a bit of transition now after Laurent Blanc took charge, got their first win since the start of September last week, beating Montpellier 2-1. Uh, Lacazette scored a goal in the fifth minute of stoppage time. But in theory, the, the game should have been done and dusted long before that. Lyon dominated. Uh, Montpellier's goalkeeper was man of the match. And uh, I expect Lyon to continue in that sort of vein. Um, Blanc is fielding two strikers at the minute, Lacazette and Dembele. Uh, Awar is, is back from injury and is playing very well as well. And playing at home, Lyon always tend to score, always tend to be involved in good, uh, entertaining games. They've scored in 23 of 25 since the start of last season. At home, they've scored twice or more in 16 of those, and 76% of those have featured both teams scoring as well. So this season alone, Lyon have seen both teams scoring in 9 of 12. They've kept just one clean sheet and failed to score only twice. I think all the ingredients are here to have another high-scoring game. Primetime fixture again in Ligue 1 and uh, Lille are involved. So rinse and repeat again. Both teams are scoring over two and a half goals uh, at 1.85. Let's jet to Italy. The champions Milan in action at Torino. And Jake the Rossoneri had a great Champions League win at Dinamo Zagreb in midweek. Been very impressed with them. When you consider they're without some key players, it's been really good effort from them so far. 
Yeah, they've been really good. Um, the, the underlying process has stood up as well, which is impressive given, as you said, they've been missing quite a few key players. Um, yeah, I just thought the, the the price that you're getting at the moment for Milan away um, at Torino on the exchange, close to 2.2, I think that's a bit too big. Um, I'm more than happy to to wade in on that and, and back the champs. Torino, they're, they're, a, they're a good side. They're a mid-table team um, from, you know, they, they currently sit there at the minute based on the points. The underlying metrics has them around 10th as well. Um, but Milan are just a different a cut above that kind of level. And, and I think they've shown that, particularly in the last um, three, four, five weeks. Um, and away from home, they've started to find the groove as well. They won the last three in Serie A, obviously had that really big win at, at Zagreb as well. Um, and overall this season, they're averaging 1.9 expected goals for 1.1 against, which is second best behind only Napoli, who are, you know, I think we've, we've touched on them pretty much every week. They are a team that really are, yeah, they've started the season well. Should we just leave it at that? Um, they are flying at the moment. Um, so, yeah, they, you know, the fact that, in, that they're, they're the closest challenges in effect based on the points and the underlying metrics. Um, yeah, it shows that they're, they're going to they're gonna have a good a good run at defending the title. Um, and if, if they want to defend the title, they're going to have to win these kind of games. Um, interesting that the, I think it was Milan, when he played at Atalanta at the start of the season, was seven to five. Um, a, a general price. You're getting six to five here away at Torino, and I, I you know, I think Atlanta they're obviously get undergoing a few, few changes in terms of personnel. Um, but I still would make Atlanta a better team, uh, a much better team than what Torino are, uh, and the underlying numbers stand stand up on that this season as well. So I just thought it was a bit of a value pr- player. I expected to see Milan at closer to even money, maybe slight odds on. So the price that we're getting looks looks really big for me. And finally, it's time time for Mark My Words or Malk Memo, as I'm going to start calling it, because once again for Mark's European nap, we're off to France. Yeah, glamour tie between Brest and Rams on Sunday afternoon. That's which, the uh, one. It, it really does appeal to me, because uh, I think those are going to be goals again. Um, we look at Brest, who sacked Mikhail Zisakarian after a run of just one win from 10. They were bottom of the table, needed a few fresh ideas, uh, admittedly injuries. Uh, had begin to or had been biting really, but uh, they were really good fun to follow last season. They finished eleventh, but it's kind of been playing without the same sort of verve this time around. He paid the price for poor form, and as a lot of coaches have done already this season, with four teams going down, clubs are starting to panic whenever they're sort of verging towards that bottom four. So um, Bruno Grogi, um, I think is how he say his name. He's a bit of a, a club legend. He's taken over temporarily. Uh, he's already switched systems to four three three. Players have already spoken very positively about the changes he's made. They were thrashed 4-1 by Nantes in his first game, but they bounced back to beat Clermont 3-1 last week. Um, means nine of their opening 12 games have seen both teams scoring. Half of those games have gone over three and a half goals. Um, but they looked very good going forward last weekend. So that's a positive. They're playing a Rams team who also sacked their head coach, Oscar Garcia, last week. Um, he too had dealt with a number of injuries, uh, a poor goalkeeper, but some seriously poor discipline as well. They've had eight red cards already this season, which has to be some sort of record. That's the uh, dream for you, isn't it, Matt? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Rams red card every week. <laughs> Doesn't seem to fail at the minute. But um, yeah, they brought in a, a Belgian head coach, uh, William Still, a great name. I don't know much about him, but um, he too has changed system, changed style, uh, oversaw a 2-1 win against Auxerre last weekend, uh, and they played really well. Uh, they generated a, a really high expected goals figure. I think they had 19 shots in the game, and they have cutting edge in the final third, uh, which is yeah, much, much better than most league going teams in the bottom half. Uh, Ito and Balogun have been superb as a front pairing. They've scored 11 of their team's 14 goals between them. 
and Rams this season have scored an 8 of 12 with the same 8 of 12 hitting both teams to score as well. So crudely sort of combining the two teams' numbers, you're getting both teams scoring in 17 of 24 fixtures already this season. That's 71%. Um, yet the odds on offer, 1.8, suggests there's only around a bit about a 55% chance of both teams obliging here. Collectively, they've kept just two clean sheets and they've scored in 17 of those 24 games. Um, I think um, just... New coaches, new ideas, new style, uh, plus two teams with plenty of potential in the final third and rickety defences should, in theory, um, lead us towards goals. And both teams to score is around about 1.8. So, yeah, that's my bet. C'est formidable, sans doute. That's all we have time for on this edition of Football Only Better, sadly. Please do remember to gamble responsibly. Lots of other shows on the network to enjoy. Two racing shows, The Wade In Podcast and Racing Only Better. NFL Only Better. So much good content as well on our website, betting.betfair.com. From Stinch, from Jake, from Mark and from me, it's goodbye for now.